Tech Talk. Tech Talk with Jess Kelly. This is News Talk. Hello and welcome to Tech Talk. This is Jess Kelly with you here on News Talk. Coming up over the next hour, hashtag ad, hashtag spawn, hashtag what? The ASAI will explain the rules around influencer advertising and using AI as a tool to tackle bad practices. Derek Riley joins me to look at the court cases facing Tesla and we'll take a quick look at what's been unveiled this week at Mobile World Congress. As always, you can email the show techtalk at newstalk.com. But we're going to start this week with something a little bit different. The Advertising Standards Authority for Ireland, also known as the ASAI, is now going to deploy artificial intelligence to track the authenticity and the disclosure of advertised posts on social media. Orla Toomey is the CEO of the ASAI and she joins me now. Um, Orla, thank you firstly for joining us here on the show. I know you've done a lot of research in this area and there's that new AI development to talk about. But before we get to that, just remind us what the ASAI does. So ASAI has a code of standards which uh, sets and enforces the highest standards of advertising in in Ireland in all media um, and across all sectors. So essentially there's a there's a number of basic rules as well as some particular sectoral rules but the basic rules are you know don't mislead and uh, make sure your advertising is honest um have substantiation for any claims that you make and ensure that, for example, that you're not co- um, including content that is going to be gravely offensive to people, that uh, there's rules for alcohol advertising, there's rules around sustainability and green claims. And um, so it's a really wide ranging code. And essentially what we do is we um, enforce the code through um, complaints, through providing copy advice to industry and also um, through monitoring um on a, on a selective basis to see how and if there's any problems with compliance. And one thing that's emerged in recent years, uh, obviously enough, is the world of influencers and online content creators. And I know that you guys have carried out quite a bit of research into uh, what's going on in this space, but also how the consumer feels about it. Can you talk me through some of the findings? Yeah, sure. So um, our research shows that 84% of the adult population are using social media apps. So it's very important that not all content is going to be advertising, but a significant amount of it is. So we felt that we needed to be to see what the concerns that consumers had in relation to online content. And we can see that um, when we look at um say influencer marketing, only one in 10 have trust in what influencers post on social media. And half the population trust brand ads more than they trust social media posts by influencers. So there's clearly an element of uh, a lack of trust in this area that we need to address. We also could see that, you know, people find it um, irritating when they there's too much content, too much commercial content, or where they feel that influencers or content creators aren't being authentic about what they're posting. And this is actually comes back to the code as well. So if it's commercial content and you're showing how a product might work, 
you shouldn't use tools to imply this is the way it will work. You should actually show how it works. This could be down to say, for example, um, if you're using a beauty product, you shouldn't that that's supposed to that's going to help you with your your skin and smooth out your wrinkles. Well, you shouldn't use the filter on your phone to do the smoothing out of the wrinkles. So for us, that's where the inauthentic behavior would be relevant for the code. Yeah, and I think that is something that I'm sure pretty much everyone listening to this now has at least one example that they've screenshot and sent to a friend or they've noticed themselves and they get frustrated by. Um, And there has been a lot of work done in relation to tackling those issues, but also the declaring of what's a paid partnership, what's a sponsored post, what's a gifted item and so on. This is something that I often get asked. What is the distinction between an ad a paid partnership and a gifted item? So for the from the perspective of the SAI code, um, paid partnership, ad, sponsored, they all indicate a commercial relationship between the influencer and the, um, the brand. And we don't actually think there's any difference. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, all, it's all advertising. From our perspective, something that is gifted, but where the advertiser has no right to expect a particular type of content that wouldn't be considered to be an ad for the purposes of the code but the influencer would be considered to be acting um, I think I'm saying this correctly as a trader so the CCPC would require that they disclose that it is that it is gifted and one of the things that we're going to do with the CCPC is look at the different disclosure words that are being used because there are quite a lot of them and we can see from our research for example that you know, 59% of people didn't recognize hashtag SP, 54% didn't recognize hashtag I work with, only 55% recognized hashtag ad. So what we're going to be looking at is having a small defined number of disclosures, disclosure tags, that we will say that's what's compliant with the code. Mm-hmm. Um, and what we think is that by doing this, by only having a very small number, it will increase the clarity for consumers as to what is an ad and what is not an ad. It will also help influencers because all influencers will have to use the same small number. Um, so it's a, it creates a level playing field for, for influencers and it will help in identifying where there are problems and it won't so essentially what it won't be on a case-by-case basis it will be you need to use these words and Mm. only these words to identify that it is advertising and the other element of the disclosure piece is how you use the words so it's not good enough to use a hashtag say hashtag ad and have it hidden behind other text Mm-hmm. or have it in a font that disappears into the background. So our guidance will cover that as well about how it is used so that it is unambiguously clear to consumers when they engage with content, whether or not it is an ad or not. And I think one of the things that we found as well is that a lot of consumers think that any mention of a brand in influencer posts um, or stories means that it's an ad. And that's not actually true because obviously the it, it is about influencers as well, talking about the brands and products that they like. So if everybody was absolutely clear that when it's an ad, they disclose, then people would have confidence and trust when there is no disclosure that it is not an ad. Yeah, and this brings me to something, and I'm going to be a bit selfish here and ask a question that I want to know the answer to, because I'm obviously a tech journalist. 
A big part of my job is reviewing products and talking about the products. And any time now that I post something on Instagram, say if I'm unboxing a phone, people will instantly reply going, is this not an ad? How much are you getting paid for doing this? And I can hand on heart say I've never once taken money for an Instagram ad related to tech or anything else for that matter. But also it's part of the job. And the bit that people don't see is when I'm bringing it down to reception here in Marconi House to send it back after a two week trial. So just for for the sake of clarity, what's the is there guidance or are journalists subject to that code providing they don't do paid posts at any point? Well, we would consider what you're doing to be editorial material rather than advertising material because there is no there, there's there's no payment and you're sending the product back so you don't you don't get to keep it. Um and I think that's partly as well as if it was very clear in all cases when something was an ad, well then people would understand when, for example, yourself um or other journalists are reviewing products and of course you, you need to you need to have them in your hands to to review them you need to use them they'd understand that that's not advertising mm. so i think that's what we need we need the clarity around the advertising so then we know other content is not advertising yeah i think the lines really did get blurred um oh, yeah. a number of years ago particularly and again this isn't a gripe against any group of people or any individuals at all But when influencers start attending press briefings, for example, or event launches for products and so on alongside journalists, and some of the the influencers are there with hashtag spawn, hashtag ad, because that's their gig, it, it does blur the lines and it makes it a bit difficult because I know some of my colleagues who also spend half their week swatting away claims or accusations that it might be uh, it might be a sponsored post and so on. No, I can see I can see where the confusion can arise. And, and you're absolutely right about the blurring lines. There is a blurring of lines between content that is advertising, content that is editorial. We've got the the challenge of some content will be organic content. And then we've got obviously the challenge that um, for, for journalists who are employed by organizations to actually carry out reviews and it's part of their job when it's, you know, if, if that was to appear in traditional um, offline media, there wouldn't be a question asked because it would be clear that it is editorial material. I'm not sure that I have all the answers, to be honest with you, Jess, but I do know that if there was increased disclosure in the material that is advertising content, it would actually make it clearer overall in relation to other content. Yeah, and as I said, I'm kind of speaking from my own uh, side of things there. So obviously, I'm a little bit biased on that one, but I do think the clarity would help in general. I'm also interested to hear this week that um, the ASAI will now be using artificial intelligence as part, as a tool, I suppose, in identifying and tackling some of these issues. How will that work? So essentially, um, what it will do is the the tool will capture content for us and we will then and and basically it's artificial um, intelligent machine learning so it will suggest whether or not there is a breach of the code a human being will review that to see whether or not there is and if we feel that there is a potential breach of the code we will then engage with the influencer and the brand to to ascertain whether is it whether it was commercial content and to to seek to have the the material um amended um Obviously, we're not the the tool itself isn't going to be writing out to to influencers and brands. It will be reviewed by a human being. But what it does is it allows us 
capture information that we perhaps might not otherwise capture so that we can assess whether or not in general there is a problem in this area mm -hmm. and also, I think what we'll be doing with our um, the guidance that we'll be developing with the CCPC, there will be an education piece there. So we'll then be able to ascertain well whether or not that is actually working. So it's a bit of, you know, it's a bit of education, information providing. Then the tool helps us capture information at a volume that we wouldn't be able to do otherwise. And then it's about human decision making, whether or not there actually is an issue and then engaging in the normal way that we would with brands and influencers. And can you talk me through that engagement? So when something is found to be in breach, and let's stick with the topic of influencers for the moment. So when uh, a, a, an issue is uh, picked up, say if something is not declared as being an ad or it's not transparent, um, what way does that work? And is it on the individual or do you get onto the company associated with the ad, if you know what I mean? Well, it's both actually, because both have a responsibility. The brand is you know, the one who has commissioned the content. So they absolutely have a responsibility when it is advertising. So the first thing that we would do is um, we write to the brand and the influencer and we say, look, we ask a series of questions because the first thing we have to find out is, is this actually advertising? Because some content isn't. Mm. And if it is advertising, well, then we will, we will I suppose, initiate a, a formal investigation where we are looking for a formal response as to why there wasn't disclosure. And then it would be for our complaints committee to finally adjudicate. But one of the things that we will be looking at is, you know, there's a level of engagement that can be had where we know there's a problem. We engage with the brand and the influencer. They change the content. And then it's considered, well, we've, we, we have ensured that the content that is in breach has been removed. So we will be looking at, you know, how we can do that and only bringing the most, uh, I suppose, serious, ongoing, non-compliant cases to our complaints committee for adjudication. And when, if and when something does go to the complaints commission for adjudication, are there financial penalties at that point? No, our sanction is publication of the case report detailing what the breach of the code was and naming the parties um, to the breach. And then obviously we release it to media and it's often picked up in media. And I think it's actually really important in this area because when you think about influencer marketing, it's all about trust and reputation. For an influencer and for a brand to have an adjudication saying that there was no disclosure that material was advertising. So consumers essentially were engaging with content they thought was not advertising and it turns out to be advertising. That's not a place that any influencer or brand should want to be in because essentially is there's there's no trust then. The yeah. trust, like how can you trust someone who doesn't tell you what the content is you're engaging with? Mm. Yeah, it's the reputational side of things. It's um yeah. and that does matter. And I do think consumer confidence, particularly when you know there's days, particularly around Christmas, for example, when you open your Instagram app and every second thing is an ad, it can be quite overwhelming. And so when you're learning who to trust, I suppose that that is an important side of it. One other point I wanted to quickly address is the affiliated link. So this this is something that I, I think some people are aware of, but I don't think everybody fully gets as of yet. So for example, if you follow someone online and they're posting a picture of their outfit and you like the shirt, they might post a link to the shirt and whether or not you know it and whether or not they disclose it, they could be getting a small commission from the sale because you use the link that they posted. 
it, does your code now state that the, those affiliated links have to be disclosed? Well, it, it, absolutely. So essentially, the it, in these cases, it's not the brand that it's the advertiser, it's the influencer themselves because mm-hmm. they are promoting a product that they are going to get, uh, potentially get a commission from. So it has to be disclosed. And I, I think you are correct that there's probably maybe a lack of understanding as to how affiliate links work. But in our guidance, we'll be looking at how we can, you know, clearly call that out so that it. And again, it's the consumer awareness piece as well, so that people understand that it is actually an ad. That's essentially what it is. And the final point on this is that although when you say the word influencer, certain people may spring to to mind, it surely doesn't matter the size of the audience. You could be talking to 50 people or 500 people, but if you are, or 5 million people, but if you are posting content that you're being paid to post, or if you're using affiliated links, you do need to disclose it. Absolutely. Oh, absolutely. It's it's not a question because there's a lot of micro uh, mm. influencers um, out there. It, it it doesn't really matter. And it doesn't like when we talk about influencers, it's, it's individuals who are posting content that they are paid to post, regardless of, um, you know, whether they've start they've 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 become an influencer through their through their um what they've been posting over the years or whether they're a celebrity or it doesn't matter if you're paid to post something it's advertising and you have to disclose it my final question actually relates to the complaints do people still contact your office themselves with instances that they've seen or is it a case of the asai goes out and catches people um, well, I suppose it, I, I would say it's a bit of both, to be honest with you. We do have a complaint service so consumers can bring matters that they're concerned about to our attention and we can assess them against the code. And, you know, we have a whole complaints process that we can go th- go through on that. And we also then do um, monitoring. We obviously with the, the, t- the tech tools that we're going to use will allow us monitor at a greater volume because obviously online is a greater volume. Um, so it's a bit of both. We have three main um, services around the code, the complaint service, the monitoring, and then also we offer copy advice to advertisers, agencies, media, whoever's going, whoever is interested in publishing an ad, we, off, we can offer advice to them on whether it's likely to be compliant with the code or not. Well, that's good because it seems like the, the point of the code and the point of the work that you do is preventative rather than spending everybody's time chasing after people who've done wrong. So if we can all just live by the code, embrace the code, everyone's life would be better, right? Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Well, we can all dream. Uh, or Jimmy, thank you so much for joining us here on News Talk. Thanks, Jess. Thanks very much.